Good morning, everybody. This is Ben Powers coming at you for the Commander's Voice. We have a really special episode today. We're talking out about a book that's going to be coming out soon called Saving My Enemy. Uh, it's about Easy Company alumni Don Malarkey and his experience with a German soldier uh, named Fritz Engelbert. My guests today are uh, Mr. Malarkey's daughter, Marianne McNally, her husband, Dan, uh, Fritz's sons, uh, Maddie and Volker Engelbert, and also, uh, also author Bob Welch. So uh, welcome everybody. How are we doing today? So this is a really exciting project because this was a collaborative effort between the families and also with uh, with Bob. So I'm going to ask an open-ended question and anybody who would like to uh, kind of kick things off, just feel free to jump in. But what were the origins of the project? What, what was the story and the connection between uh, Don and Fritz? Marianne, you could go. So um, the connection is that uh, my dad and Fritz had met um, in Europe, not, not during the war, but years, years after the war in the, in the early 2000s, and basically struck up a, a relationship that was, as we like to call it, it's, it's almost like it was, a, it was a butterfly. It was short-lived, but it was beautiful while it lasted. And the two of them, um, basically saved saved each other because they each were were looking for forgiveness they were each looking for um, a friend who understood their pain that they were going through and and they found each other at the perfect time and ended up um, forgiving each other and and ending having their lives end and in, in a much much more beautiful way than they had expected. The context was that they had fought within five miles of each other during the Battle of the Bulge. And yet all these years later, uh, what was a 60 year anniversary, right? Of, of the yeah, Battle right. of the Bulge is when yeah. they met. And uh, the cool thing about the story is the legacy. These folks right here, that they, the, the families of Don and Fritz have become so close. They are, they are almost like, they are, they are family. And to me, as a, an author, that's what that's what floated my boat. Once I understood the story, I was a little bit hesitant at first, but Marianne uh, convinced me that this is a great story, and and I was ashamed that I didn't uh, realize that sooner. No, that's a really very interesting in terms of realizing that there was a story there. I imagine most readers want to focus on the actual you know, wartime experiences. There's obviously a tremendous amount of interest in World War II with the uh, recent 75th, 76th anniversaries of D-Day, the 75th anniversary of the end of the war and things like that. And not many people want to focus on the aftermath. I mean, when you focus on, you know, 1939, 1945, that's such a very small period in a veteran's life and in a man or woman's life, but then they've got to deal with the consequences of that uh, throughout the, uh, the rest of their time with us. So, do you, uh, this is either for, uh, you know, Matt and Volker or for you, Marianne, before your dads met, were they having uh, challenges dealing with what they had done as soldiers or was it just something that was never mentioned? It was, it was as though it had happened to a different person. Our, our father had had problems uh, since I can remember. Mm -hmm. uh, we have always 
in special moments. Uh, he saw a film, he read some news and he always got in this feeling and he was sad and, and sometimes he had to cry or so. And that was every year, the Germans have a special day in the year, um, what we call Volkstrauertag. Faust, Maybe like your Veterans Day, veterans day. also in November. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. and, and mm. that was a day, it's in November, it's a, it's a dark, moment, uh, dark month and so mm. every time he was, he was very down and yeah. so... Uh, and all, all yeah. through the year, um, on certain occasions, like uh, when he saw, uh, like you said, yeah. a documentation about the war, he, he got in that mood again. He was so really obsessed with, uh, he really didn't get over it for yeah. 60 years. Yeah. Uh, he's been, uh, but he was of that kind, he, he talked about it very, very often. Others uh, of, of uh, dad's yeah. generation, they didn't talk at all, but yeah. our dad, he talked in our opinion, he talked too too much. It was too much, and we couldn't help him. Yeah, he, yeah. he he spoiled and he ruined many of our family parties. Like when you when when Volker's elder, yeah. eldest daughter was uh, confirmation. So we are Protestant. When you're 14, you have a confirmation of your your belief, yeah. and that's supposed to be a very solemn uh, moment mm. and a, mm. and a very formal. A party with the family members, mm -hmm. and our dad held his began to hold a speech. Yeah, and it was a it was a good party yeah. where people were laughing, mm -hmm. laughing and joking, and we all had fun. And then <laughs> he yeah. held his speech. He held his speech, <laughs> yeah. and, and after he came to that sentence, "Now you are, my dear Julia, you are 14. When I was 14, and uh, then he." got into, uh, yeah. he remembered, uh, he couldn't help but start crying. And uh, he said, when I was 14, he, then the war in 39, the war yeah, started. Right. The war so, started, so and he then, it, uh, yeah. then he, was, yeah. he yeah. was gone. He couldn't, he couldn't stop. And that was just one episode of, yeah. of many. So he, he really struggled a lot. And uh, it was, he was, uh, at the end of his speech, the tears yeah, were, yes, were dripping. Mm. And, I watched the other people sitting around, people who didn't know him so well. And mm -hmm. I, after that, somebody asked me, what has he done? Had he been yeah. a guard in a concentration camp or so? Why, why is he so still mm -hmm. after so many years crying when he's talking? But he wasn't, and he, he wasn't at all. But it, mm -hmm. he had the shame of being involved in, mm -hmm. in the whole. Yeah. And that was, it was always with a feeling of sadness and guilt. He yeah. just could not forgive himself for having been in Hitler's army. Yeah. And in the beginning, he, he said he wanted to become a soldier, yeah. wanted to fight for yeah. The, yeah. the German Reich, and he, he was proud to become a soldier. At the end, that, that turned, mm -hmm. and then he, he uh, came to his senses, uh, probably at the time when he was a prisoner of war. And yeah, maybe when you heard about the, the, all the, all the news, and, and the, yeah. the, the Jews that were killed, and, mm -hmm. and, and, and then he began to think about what he had done, or not he, he personally, but he had, he yeah. had helped to mm -hmm. make the war yeah. longer or so. And yeah. with every yeah. day they fought, and, mm -hmm. and uh, that was a guilt he couldn't forgive himself. Yeah. Uh, that sounds like a very, very traumatic experience, really living that. So Marianne, did, was your experience similar to what Manny and Volker went through, or did your, was your dad more reticent? How, how was your experience growing up with a combat veteran for a father? 
Um, my dad seemed to handle his his um, issues, I guess you would say, um, with using alcohol. That was how he, that's how he seemed to be able to deal with it. Um, I, I'm the youngest of four kids and my older siblings are, um, they had a more of a different upbringing than, than I did. Um, different in that my dad was a little bit more focused on work and providing for the family. And not that he wasn't, <clears throat> excuse me, with me, but I think with me, because it was only me, um, there was a little less pressure. And so he had a little bit more time to, to think. And I think that's got the best of him. He, um, he would end up, you know, basically drinking his, his uh, sadness away and dealing with it. And when I, when I was able to go to the world premiere party in, in France for Band of Brothers, my dad was doing an interview with the BBC and he talked about in that interview, and my mom and my sister and I were standing behind him and we were um, on the Normandy beach and um, doing this interview. And he said, oh, I tried to, tried to drink the war away. And, and I remember this small little uh, sentence and I looked at my mom and said, now my childhood makes complete sense. I, oh, wow. I had no idea what he was dealing with. I, you know, even, even I knew he fought the war. I had been going to the Easy Company reunions. You know, I, I knew about all of that. I just didn't realize internally how much he was struggling. <clears throat> and so that, that part, um, then it made more sense. And then I could appreciate what he was going through. Oh, understood. So you're in this open-ended question for anyone. Your dad's met in 2004, 60th anniversary of the Battle of the Bulge. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's correct. Yeah, that's correct. It, did, they mm. did they just happen upon each other? I realize that as time goes on, these commemorative events become you know larger and larger. But were they together at a formal event? Did they just overhear each other talking and realize they had fought within five miles? Like, how did they suddenly realize, hey, you're somebody I need to talk to? Um, maybe I'll start from the German side. So, so our, our dad, I think from our uh, side, it started, we uh, gave our dad uh, a PC, uh, a computer in Christmas 2000, yeah. I think. Yeah. And he started getting used to uh, Google, oh, it was before Google, but uh, he wrote emails and uh, he got in touch with people. And uh, one of the people he got in touch with, and it, but it was all... Uh, yeah. All about war, war and uh, Battle of the Bulge because yeah. that was his baptism of, of fire. That yeah. was really yeah. that uh, which uh, was all about for him. And so he got in touch with a uh, with a Dutch author who did some research about the Battle of the Bulge. And this guy Hans Weyers, he he had our dad's um, email address. So our dad was on on that list on the list of Hans Weyers whenever he, he had many contacts to the American side. And uh, so one day in 2004, when the 60th anniversary got closer, um, this Dutch journalist, he, he sent an email to our dad and asked him if he was willing to um, 
to take to be part of an interview which was done uh, in in Belgium and it was uh, held in in Bastogne. That was in in May two thousand four, mm -hmm. and so um, we uh, Volker and I we we just thought, wow, that's such a great occasion and yeah. opportunity for him to tell his story and because uh, we we couldn't hear it anymore yeah. so um we went with him and we promised you won't go alone we will go with you so that's when it started and he he's all of a sudden he felt wow um he got in touch with a uh, with a lady from the village that he had attacked yeah. her house was set on fire and so he that was the first moment he said he, he said to himself and yeah. also to us, oh, maybe they don't see me. They will not forgive me because yeah, uh, that was his... they don't want to see me. They mm -hmm. will not forgive me. I, we, we set their whole village on fire and, and, uh, he, and was, it, he was not sure what will happen. Right. And, yeah. and he yeah. was surprised that he was accepted as a, a human being. And then with this experience in, in December, then again, he, uh, our dad got an email request and uh, somebody, this Hans Weyer said, there are American veterans will come to Germany and they are asking if there are any German veterans that would like to see them. And maybe now Marion can take over and we uh, convinced our dad it would be a good yeah, idea to yeah, say, yeah, yeah let's, yeah. let's go there. We will go with you, but please do so. At first it was not so easy to convince him. And yeah, it was not and easy to say that said, oh, but I, they don't want to see me. Mm -hmm. I will end right. and so on. Yeah. If you want, and Marion can, can. Yeah. <laughs> well, I I wasn't at the at the event. Um, so um, Matthias was there. I was not there. <clears throat> Excuse me, but my dad um, was very um, excited to meet um other uh, meet the the german soldiers that were ended up being there i think who was it that ended up being there your dad and and one one other one, guy one other guy from, uh, yeah. Lindemann, 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 Lindemann. from another yeah. another yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. folks another, 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 they immediately hit it off just as if they were um, long lost friends that that ended up uh, reconnecting or something. And they um, they ended up being um, I don't I don't know how to say it, but just drawn to each other. They felt connected to each other. Um, it ended up being. Uh, you know, if you saw if you saw Fritz, you saw my dad and vice versa. And they ended up starting this this friendship um, right after this, mm -hmm. and we were Matthias and I ended up being the 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 link to their um, to their communications yeah. because neither could speak the other's language. Oh, so wow. so we had to get through this this language barrier. Um, but my dad would he would write a letter on a yellow legal size notepad with a sharpie that was just that was a given that's how he always did everything and he would write it out he would hand it to me and he knew a little bit about computers enough that he knew about email and he would give me the paper and he'd say 
send, send this, do that email thing and, and send this over to Fritz's son. I, I need to get a letter to him. And sometimes he would write an actual letter, but once he learned that he could get an instant response by sending it over, Matthias would, would write back and I could print it and give it to my dad. And then he was hooked. It was like they ended up having this little pin pal relationship. And um, so anyway, that was, that was from the first, their first meeting. And there, there's way more, sorry, I'm getting teary. Um, there was way more uh, intimate moments um, during, during that visit that, that we talk about in the book that, that is, is the time when, um, I don't know, I think that was the time when they had the most time by themselves to really, really talk. And, and Matthias was their, was their interpreter going back and forth and, and explaining their thoughts to each other. Oh, yes, ma'am. I'm getting a little teary, too, to be honest. This is a, a, a beautiful story. So now that you've, you've, you've brought this up into, you know, 2004 and beyond, you've uh, we got to the point where the book is. So, Bob, I'd love to bring you into the conversation. I yeah. kind of appreciate your patience while we're setting everything up. How did you get involved when you determined that, uh, okay, Marianne's convinced you that there is a story here? What, okay. what, was, what was your, you know, your thought process and okay. how, where'd you take it? A little bit of context, in, in, I met Don back in 2007 because I had the privilege of writing his memoir, Easy Company Soldier. So I had known him for about a decade. The book came out in 2008. And, uh, and then Marion, I got an email from Marion in January of 2019 saying, you know, I think there might be another story here, you know, that about, about dad and this German soldier Fritz becoming friends late in life. And at the time, um, I kind of poo-pooed it. I had a lot on my plate, and I, I just thought, man, it sounds like a great, uh, a great long feature story for a magazine, but I don't know if there's a, a book there. But when I met with Dan and Marianne, um, midway through the conversation, I, I said, you know what, this, this is something. This, this could work. And the, so the more I, deeper I got into it, the more I realized this was an incredible story. There's just not many war stories that have happy endings, and this one did. And um, I think part of the thing that was incredible, incredible about that night that they first met was how fearful uh, Fritz was. I mean, you have to understand, this guy was totally ashamed of what he had done in the war for Hitler. And suddenly there's these band of brother heroes, these movie stars, as he kind of referred to them as, who were coming from America to Germany, <clears throat> and they were all gonna be there celebrating their 60 year anniversary of them humiliating, beating the Germans, and they wanted Fritz to come. I mean, so you can understand why he was hesitant to show up. And his worst fear was that he would be humiliated. And that is exactly what happened that first night in the pub. Well, one, of, right. one of the six American soldiers basically says, it's a good thing that you're meeting me now, because if, if you'd met me 60 years ago, I would have killed you. And that's the first thing that happens to Fritz. He's ready to leave. Uh, Matthias is, is ready to leave. But then Don stands up, raises his beer mug, and welcomes Fritz into the Band of Brothers. That was the key moment. That changed everything. And the next day at the cemetery, they're like kids on a field trip. They hung out together, signed autographs, met these school children. And then that evening, alone in, back at the, at the hotel, 
with Matthias doing the interpreting, that's when they broke down. That's when they told each other stories, how, how guilty they have felt, how, how, how much pain they each have been in for the last 60 years. And they both forgave each other as the snow was falling outside on the 60 year anniversary of D-Day. Wow. I mean, Amazing. Hollywood couldn't write a better script. Seriously. Yeah. That, that is well, we're waiting for that. <laughs> <laughs> so quick, quick question from Matthias and Volker, and I don't mean to, to belabor the point, but as you indicated, you know, Fritz knew that these guys were famous. There'd been the, the mini series, they were the band of brothers, but as a, as a former, former German soldier, did Fritz have any trepidation about being these guys specifically because they were 101st, you know, kind of the rock stars of the ETO, not just average American soldiers, but like real bad dudes. Um, not, not before he first met them. Um, we hadn't heard about the Band of Brothers maybe a month before the first meeting yeah. then in, in Bastogne. Yeah. So I got the, um, the CD pack uh, just <laughs> a week before we went to Bastogne. Yeah. And I think maybe I, I saw one or two episodes, but so we knew they are in a, in a mini-series, let's say in a, in a movie. Yeah. But uh, Fritz uh, was surprised, or we all realized in, in Bastogne that they were heroes. Yeah. Everybody yeah. in Belgium, in Bastogne, knew them. Yeah. Uh, and they were six, uh, uh, Wild Bill and Babe and Earl McClung, Shifty Powers, Buck Compton and then Don. Yeah. They were really like king, like, king and queen yeah, like visiting and, yeah. and, and Fritz. And I, we all were just, we couldn't believe it. And, and, uh, and uh, when we went into a pub, they didn't have to pay. So uh, they wanted to pay for a beer or so, but everybody, takes money, they, they felt so, so honored to have them as their guests in their pub. It, it, so we hadn't known that before. And maybe if Fritz had known that before, he might have been a little even more shy. Uh, <laughs> but um, and I, I was, think that it was it, just it, Interesting how different the two men were. Fritz, here, Don was this, uh, you could argue that Don is one of the most famous soldiers in the history of time. You, you yeah. could argue that with the Band of Brothers, what it did. Fritz was totally obscure. Don was, Don served more days on the front line than anybody in, in the 506, in, the, in Easy Company, excuse me. Yeah. Um, uh, Fritz never killed anybody. They were totally different. And a, after, you know, Don was conservative. Fritz was liberal. They, they, they couldn't have been more different. And that's the power of the story, too, is that the, the, despite how different they were, despite how they, their goal originally was to kill each other, they wound up saving each other's lives. Oh, that's a, and Marianne, I'd like to, to kind of bounce the, in the same vein of the conversation. Uh, after the, the, the book came out, uh, you know, the original one, Band of Brothers, followed by the miniseries, followed by your, your dad's own book with Bob, uh, did that kind of affect how your dad perceived himself? It, not in terms of like, did he get, get a big ego? That's not what I'm driving at. But in terms of he was trying to drink the war away beforehand. But after the fact, did that help him put it into context and maybe relieve some of that guilt even before he got a chance to meet Fritz? Oh, definitely. That, that really helped him start dealing with um, what was going on in his head. He could get it out and he could talk about it. Um, I think probably the most healing part was writing Easy Company Soldier with Bob. Bob would come up from Eugene to Salem where we lived 
and he would sit with my dad and talk and, and I wouldn't be there, you know, every time they would, they would meet, but I would be there from time to time and listen. And, and my dad just talking about what getting out everything in his head and basically saying, here, Bob, here are my thoughts, take it and, and run with it. And I think it definitely, it definitely made a difference. He once Band of Brothers, um, the miniseries came out, he started <clears throat> doing this, these talks. So he would, he would talk at um, um, schools, uh, mostly at, at um, high schools for history classes. And, and even there talking, talking at, with the kids and, and hearing their questions, it, it really helped to, it was very therapeutic for him to get it out and talk about it and not realize that it was bad. You know, it was, it was something that he didn't like to talk about, obviously. He didn't like to talk about what it's like to take another human's life. Um, that, that was almost too much for him to bear to talk about. So for him, just, in some ways, he was an anomaly to his generation, to, to other soldiers. I, I think that Don uh, was rare in how willing he was to really talk about the real gut-level essence of war. And, and I, but I think that that also is what started to help him heal him. When he, we use the metaphor of, of little birds in, on the ocean swells, how when big waves came, you can either try to outswim it or you can just go roll with it, or you can turn and dive right into the wave. And Don finally chose to dive into the wave. And he started to go into the reunions for the first time. And he did the book with Band of Brothers, or uh, with me. And then he engaged audiences with the story. And, and, and that is a tremendous strength of him. And I think, that, I think that Fritz, in the same way, had that same strength. It was latent, it was down deep inside, but, but Dawn helped bring that out in Fritz to face it. Yeah, I think for, for most of Dawn's life, it was, it was a much, very much an evolution. I met Dawn when I was 14 years old. And uh, at that point, he was just starting to go to reunions. And I think he had tried to ignore the war to that point. Um, and the reunions, I think, started to help. But, but really, they, they got together and they, you know, told funny stories and they drank and they just had a good time. It wasn't uh, uh, any deep discussions of what happened during the war. And then as he you know, kind of fast forward up to uh, Band of Brothers and, and speaking engagements and meeting Bob, I started to see a, a shift in him to uh, how he looked at the war and how deeply he looked into the to the war and those events. And a lot of that culminated for me when uh, shortly after Irene passed, his wife um, in 2006, six, six, and he came to um, my family's Christmas party, which Christmas is always tough because that's when they were in the Battle of the Bulge and the, you know, they were surrounded in freezing weather and a very bleak situation. And he uh, kind of broke down that night talking about um, how much he appreciated our family being there for him, but just, you could just see everything come, come out. And then he, and that was kind of 
I don't want to say that was a valley necessarily, but it was a it was a turning point um, that couple of years, and he started to reflect more, which was a struggle for him. Um, but I think he started to be uh, to be able to deal with it on on a certain level, and I think that ultimately culminated with his relationship with Fritz. Um, and as he you know in his last couple of years, he started to uh, come to terms with what had happened and how he ended up there and, and the purpose of that. And it was a really interesting thing to see for me over a 40 year period of time. Oh, and I think, I think what amazing. they both realized was, that, and they, what they both told each other was, it wasn't your fault. You only did what your country told you to do. And I think that was the, the, the healing salve that um, they realized, yeah, they didn't really have a choice. You, you, your, your country gives, throws a gun in your hand and says, go do this, and you do it. And um, that was the healing moment, because both of them said the same thing to one another. So one, uh, just a quick question. I, I apologize, but so you've obviously been involved with the, uh, with the family for a long time. And since the, the, your Easy Company Soldier came out in 2008, did you have to do a lot of additional research in order to get this book ready? Or did you kind of already have a lot of good what? background material? These, the, the other people on this screen are the ones that did the heavy lifting. They, they, were, they had so much information that it, this was a, one of my easier books to, to research and write. To be honest, I'd like to say that I did a lot, but the reality was that Fritz and, and um, or Volker and Matthias in Germany and Marianne and Dan, they provided so much information for me. Yeah, I did, I did some contextual research and, and reached out to some other people, but for the most part, I mean, my, they, they provided photos, they provided letters, um, and that's the thing that makes this so amazing. It would be fascinating as a novel, as, as fiction, but it's true. And um, so I can't take much credit for, for most of the research. Okay, fantastic. Yes, you want to jump in? Uh, let's say the, the, not the in, about the individual part for Fritz in Germany, but all the, what happened in Germany. What was it like to grow up in Germany yeah. with a Hitler Jugend? you have so many references to, to books that was even yeah. even new to, to us. And yeah. I think it's perfect to have a scene with Fritz and his parents. And then Bob includes uh, uh, scenes or uh, sentences from, a, from a, a, a book about Hitler Jugend, about the whole propaganda system. And uh, so it, to put it in context, and I think that is just yeah. perfect to have both sides, because yeah. uh, Fritz also, uh, yeah. he was just a boy and he couldn't yeah. wait to become a Hitler yeah. Jugend, uh, a Hitler boy, uh -huh. and uh, he, he didn't know anything else. Yeah. And, uh, and Bob, you, you found, uh, yeah, we, you did the research to... We, we covered Bob with mails <laughs> and we covered him really. And, uh, yeah, right. He, but yeah. he is the right guy to pick the pearls out of him. I think that I traded about 550 emails yeah, between right. the two German brothers and me. And, and so that was just so awesome. I, whenever I had a question, I, at the end of the night, every, every evening, I would write all these questions. And when I woke up in the morning, the answers would be there. So, you, you know, the internet was a huge help on all this, but these guys were amazingly helpful. They had letters that their father had written 
during, before, during, uh, during the war uh, that, that are amazing. I mean, here's a letter that was written, you know, right before the, the Americans were supposedly going to surrender Bastogne. And here's, a, here's a, germ, a letter from a German soldier that he wrote to his mom and dad that evening. It, was, it, it gave a realism to the story that we otherwise wouldn't have had. Now, Don's story, I, you know, Don, I'd already built a foundation with him. So there was a lot less to do with, with the malarkey side of things. And, but getting to know Fritz, getting to know a whole other culture, getting to know what it was like to, to, to grow up um, knowing that you were just going to be part of Hitler Youth while Don is back in Astoria, Oregon, fishing, floating the river, catching yeah. salmon, learning to smoke. I mean, he had, he had this idealistic, uh, ideal uh, uh, childhood, whereas Fritz really didn't have a childhood. He, he, was, he, want, they put, he was a man at age you know, 13, go fight. And, and that's what he wanted to do. I think that's going to be a very interesting part of the book for readers. I know it was for me to uh, hear so much about the German side, not just what happened during the war, but uh, leading up to it, uh, you know, you get some uh, interesting pieces about what the German, uh, the, the mindset of the German people were, uh, was at the time, uh, and then hearing how about Hitler Youth, you hear it referenced in movies and things like that, but this was the first time that I've really um, gotten that deeply into it, um, and I think it's going to be a very interesting part of the book. It was for me. So. Uh, the whole concept just sounds fascinating because, uh, you know, memoirs are obviously quite popular, but to have both sides so intimately connected and, and portrayed with the support of both families, that this is something unique in my limited experience, at least. So when is the book coming out? I think it's April, uh, April of 2021. Yeah. And I, I, I think it's, I think the most interesting part of the book, frankly, is once the war is over. I mean, I, uh, I am, some people always ask me, cause I've written half a dozen war related books. Do you, do you like to write about war? Do you love, no, I, I don't. I, I like to write about uh, inspirational people of which uh, Don and Fritz are qualified. But I think what happened after the war, I think we take readers into a world that, particularly for World War II, a lot of us haven't gone there. A lot of us, you know, Vietnam was the war where PTSD, you know, that's, that's where the, the term came from. That's when we started realizing what war could do to human beings. But the World War II was, you know, you got back and you went to work and you, you got your house in the suburbs and you forgot about the war. Well, not so much. So I think, I think this takes readers into the, the depths of PTSD, of guilt, of shame. Um, it, it just doesn't go away as, as simply as we would like to believe. And, and yet Don and Fritz have this happy ending. And then the happy ending has a happy ending because not only do they uh, forgive each other and, and I guess we could just say it, die in peace, but mm -hmm. their families become this legacy, this legacy that says, you know what? No matter how much we, we are different than somebody else and we have divisions, we can find ways to find commonalities. We can find friendship. And with what's going on in our country today, I don't think there's ever been a time where we need a book like this more because we have never been more polarized. There's a lot of hate going on right now. And Don and Fritz teach us that you can overcome that hate.
Uh, that's a fantastic lesson. And I, I think that's great. I'm coming up on the end of time. So is there a, a, any, any points we haven't addressed? I've got one more question for Maryam. I'm going to sit on it for a second. Are, are there any points we haven't addressed yet uh, that anybody would love to bring out? Because this has been fascinating. Well, what, what's most important for us is, Matthias and me, is that's what Bob said, that we are now in another generation. Yeah. Yeah, our fathers started it. And now we, we carry it on mm. and it's getting getting intense in more deeper and deeper for yeah. me. And uh, we now are members of the Easy Company family. That <laughs> somebody must imagine this two Germans or German guys with their wives coming over to the USA yeah. and, three times. And so far, uh, yeah. and Tracy um, Compton, mm -hmm. uh, the daughter of Doug Compton, mm -hmm. said to us, Welcome to the family. That is more <laughs> than we could ever expect. You have to understand what happens here. Marion invites them to come to an easy company reunion. Yeah. Uh, and I don't son, tell anybody. Yeah, <laughs> sons of German soldiers. And so the people at this reunion are all the children and the nephews and nieces of these guys. And, and she had no idea how people would react to this. And, yeah. and yet, uh, Matthias and Volker were accepted. And again, it's just another thing. If you, if you, if you let people get to know each other, guess what? They can find that they can find commonalities. They can find friendship. They can find love. And, and that's, I mean, there's just so much courage that went on here. And what, what you did, Marion is, is courageous. And what Fritz did in the first place was courageous to show up at that pub. No, that's absolutely fabulous. So my, my final question, Marianne, and I, I apologize, but this is my inner fanboy can't let this go. How good a job did Scott Grimes do portraying your dad? <laughs> he, he did a great job. Uh, when I was at the world premiere party in uh, 2000, 2001, yeah, 2001, um, we got to watch all of episode one, all of episode two, and then we watched um, bits and pieces of all the rest uh, all together. They had built a movie theater basically at the top of the beach of, of uh, Utah Beach. It was amazing. And uh, so we watch it and um, we, we go to leave and I looked at my mom and I said, was dad really like that as a kid? I mean, was he really that much of a jokester and kind of that goofy? And she said, oh, Scott nailed his personality. <laughs> that was exactly what he was like. And, and it, it's such a gift to be able to see somebody portray your father as a young, young man, because, you know, we didn't know him like that at all. So, so to be able to have that, to be able to have the book that Bob wrote and, and have all these stories in one place that, that we can continue to hand, hand down to our children and grandchildren and nieces, nephews, all of that. It's, it's such an amazing, uh, gift. I, I can't even think of what else to call it because it's, it's just not something that every family gets. And, and I appreciate it very much. That's awesome. And that, that's a fantastic note to go out on. So everybody, the book is called Saving My Enemy. Uh, it's a story of uh, Don Malarkey and uh, Fritz Engelbert and the friendship they formed after World War II. Uh, it's going to be available in the spring of uh, 2021. I believe it's available for pre-order now on Amazon. Uh, and I just want to thank everybody who was on today. So Matthias Folker, uh, Bob, Marianne, Dan, thank you so much for joining me today. This has been an outstanding and very well spent hour. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Enjoyed it. Thanks a lot. All right, y'all. You have a great day. Okay.